You're listening to the One Word Podcast, an outreach ministry of Christ Nations Church. Hello, everybody. It's Pastor Irene Petrie, along with my wife, Star Petrie. Hey, everybody. And welcome to the One Word Podcast in outreach of Christ Nations Church, where we happen to have the honor and distinct pleasure of serving as the lead pastors. We're so glad that you chose to join us on today's uh, podcast. We pray that something will be said by the Spirit of God during the process of conversation here that will be enlightening and be strengthening, that feeds your faith, and that gives you insight and understanding uh, into God's Word. And we're just so thankful to have you. I hope you're having a good day. I hope that uh, this podcast finds you doing well. Hope it finds your family well. And if not, we are definitely praying for you that that the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. And uh, we definitely thank God for His grace and His mercy that is sufficient for every need. And so we want to jump right into this particular podcast, and um, we will give you all of the ways in which you can listen to us at the end of this, because we've got a little roll in at the very end where you'll be able to kind of follow us and connect with us and visit us on our website. Um, let me go ahead and plug that. Why don't, why don't I just do that? <laughs> I thought you well, said you weren't going to I wasn't going to do it. All right. But ChristNations.com. If you're not listening <laughs> to this podcast, if you're not listening to this podcast on ChristNations.com, if you're listening to it on all of the other uh, podcasting platforms, please visit us at ChristNations.com. There you can listen to the podcast, get to know a little bit more about our church, our ministry, as well as uh, listen to old messages live streams and everything is there on christnations.com so we invite you to our website to get to know a little bit more about us but dear we were in conversation and um, you were talking about something that really made an impression on me in the process of our conversation where you were coming out of first john i believe it was chapter five and you were talking about as we were discussing kind of the overall mood and uh, the spirit of this age really, the, the overall spirit of our times, the prevailing beliefs and values that are, that are moving us in our behavior, shaping the way we think, the way we, we're behaving and acting in the world. And you were talking about something that I thought was very powerful there in First John 5, and uh, it was idolatry. Mm-hmm. And um, what John says at the end of that chapter about idols. And so if you want to talk to us a little bit about that, kind of get us started or, or read the scripture, whatever you would like to do to yeah. kind of open this up. So I want to, I want to go ahead and read first and kind of set the, the groundwork. I'm, I'm in the amplified. Um, we're going to start at verse 19 of chapter five of first John. So we know positively that we are of God and the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. And we have seen and know positively that the son of God has actually come to this world, has given us understanding and insight progressively to perceive and recognize and come to know better and more clearly him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son Jesus Christ, the Messiah. This man is the true God and life eternal. Little children, keep yourselves from idols, false gods, from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God, from any sort of substitute for him, that would take first place in your life. Amen. So let it be. Mm. And what did you, what did you, uh, well, kind of, kind of explain like wh- yeah. what we were talking about? Cause you, you started talking about that very, like I called it a walk off home run, you know, yeah. that, that John drops at the very last, it's the last uh, verse of the chapter in the, of the first letter. Mm-hmm. 
And he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. You know, Amen. Because the thing that I, as, as you read First John, you know that, that the entire book is, is really pointing us to the love of God, right? Mm-hmm. He starts off talking about loving our brethren and how we can't say that we love God and, and, not, and not love our, our fellow man. But then he goes further into the chapter in talking about the, um, the unveiling, the reality, the truth that is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And are coming to understand very clearly that even God has testified of, of, of Christ. I mean, the miracles, the signs, the wonders that he did following, mm-hmm. right, were all in a, in, a, in a pursuit of showing people and convincing them that he is who he said that he was. Absolutely. And so, to me, when he leaves off the chapter and says, you know, little children, keep yourself from idols, it's this idea that little children affix and and plant yourself in this truth and reality of Christ and his coming and who he truly is. Because if you don't, you know, just as he says in verse 19, this whole world lies under the sway of the wicked yes, one and absolutely. getting swept up and getting caught up and getting pulled away and out of the covering and the helm of your faith is quite possible for you because you can get wrapped up in idols, in creating myths to live by, mm-hmm. philosophies, to stake your life on that have nothing to do with the word of God. And so that's really his warning to us that little children, like, yeah, that's seriously, this is, <laughs> I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to put the idols down Absolutely. and put your eyes on Christ. That's so true. But I mean, it's so powerful because he right there in verse 20, when he talks about um, that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true. Yes. And then he goes on to say, even the son of God, even, even his son, Jesus Christ, the true God, we know him, him that is true. We're in him that is true. Mm-hmm. And then he says he is the true God in eternal life. Now, he's putting a lot of emphasis on the fact that he's true. True, true. Absolutely. Right? That this is, this is the truth. You have what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You have arrived at what life is all about. You've ha- you have arrived at the ultimate truth. And one of the things that I've noticed in our particular age that and we we were talking about this that has arisen uh, this prevailing mood that what you know is not enough that what you believe is obsolete yes that in some way shape or form you need to know more you need to get more uh you need to believe something different or more and here john is saying to you look you have him that is true. You have the truth. And he's saying to him, then he walks off at the end and he says, my little children, and, and you can hear the compassion mm-hmm. and the pleading in the voice of, of, of the apostle, keep yourself from idols. And it's really, it's really ironic that in Webster's Dictionary, he defines one of the definitions of idol is a false concept or a false notion, or a fallacy. So, and if you think about the very nature of idolatry, um, an idol, idolatry really begins and ends inside of your head. You know, even if you, you know, you take little teenage uh, girls or or young men who, who have a poster of any number of people on their wall, and they're like, they're their teen idol, Mm right? Right? That person is really not their idol. What they're worshiping 
is their perception their idea. of the person, Absolutely. the idea they hold about the person because they don't know them, <laughs> you no. know? So the image or the poster, the picture, and I could, I could carve something out of stone and erect it. I could carve something out of gold as they did in the Old Testament and I can erect it. I can put an image of anything up. I want to and say, this is a God that we bow to, but you're really not bowing to that God. You're bowing to the ideal you hold that that image represents. And so idolatry is really this fallacy created and fantasy created in the minds of men. And he's saying, keep yourself from the fantasies of this world's system. That, that the enemy loves to foster in all of us. Sure. And if you let him, he will do it. I, I found it very interesting when you were talking about that and how he was, he was telling him to, to, that we have him that is true, and you were talking about the whole world lying under the sway of the wicked one. When Paul was writing to Timothy, he said something very similar but in different language. Mm-hmm. Because in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, of course, you know, he gets into talking about the perilous times that are going to occur in these last days and all that you're going to go through and deal with. And then he talks about persecution and affliction that he endured in, uh, in Antioch and in Iconium and Lystra around verse 11. And then he says this in verse 12. He says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But look at what he says to him. But continue thou in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them, that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, to make you wise. And in essence, he's saying to him, if you're going to live godly, you're going to suffer persecution, this pressure, right? And this persecution is going to come from the world and the flesh and the devil. You're going to get it, right? He said, but in the process of this, in the process of all this coming at you and the evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse and the the whole world lying under the sway of the evil one, as you said, he says, remember what you've learned. In other words, what you know is not obsolete. (laughs) What you know and what you've been taught, what you've been assured of, he says, you stay anchored. In so many words, stay anchored to that. Why? Because... If you pull up anchor, just like being on a boat, you cannot then control how far you drift. You know, once you pull that thing up, you're now at the you're now under the sway of of the current, you're now under the sway of the wind, and you can't control how far you drift. You can't control where you're going to end up. Yeah. I was just going to say too, you know, when you think about it as youth, we idolize people, right? Because, of course, our understanding of life, our experiences limit our ability to kind of project certain things. Mm-hmm. So, but, but we like, you know, NBA players, NFL players. We love superheroes. So, so we idolize those images and those persons. And I think the, the corruption, you know, kind of grows in degrees as we get older, right? Because then we start to fantasize and idolize ideas, and that's the thing that becomes so sinister and so wow. insidious in the life of any person because those ideas take root and next thing you know, 
you know, people got all kind of ideas. They got ideas about their idea and how their idea has, you know, <laughs> has become something <laughs> something bigger than than they themselves. It is now something worthy of, you know, religious homage and and mm. you know, yeah. And this is how we've gotten into different movements, whether it's Black Lives Matter or anything else. People ascribe certain ideas, yes, and I- ideals ideas, as yes, well. and righteousness to these things mm-hmm. and then those things are projected on society as something that people should then conform to appreciate and learn to love yeah you know but there is no truth there there is no there there yeah yeah and you know and it's and like i said it's it's also it's also laid out in the word of god for you to see because even the, when paul is writing to the church at ephesus and he talks about the ministry gifts right given to men for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ. But he goes on down and he he makes this phrase that we don't pay enough attention to. He said that he says that you be no more children. Just like John here saying, My little children. It seems as though when the when the apostles wanted to really <laughs> plead with God's people, they 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 expressed this compassionately. He said that you be no more children, Paul says, and that's Ephesians four, and I believe it's probably around verse thirteen or fourteen. He says, uh, verse 14, yeah, he says that you be no more children tossed to and fro. Now, when you look that up in the Greek language, it means a surge, Mm -hmm. like a surge of a wave Mm -hmm. out at sea, right? And when that that huge surge comes in or when people talk about these hurricanes that that stir up out in the the middle of of the ocean and they come ashore and they say there's going to be a surge, a major surge, and when that surge comes in, you know, People are to evacuate and move and all of these different things. And that surge comes to wash whatever is in its wake in its direction, mm-hmm. right? To push it in a particular direction. And when you go back over the course of human history, you go back over the course of time, you see Satan's work in the world, which people fail to realize Satan deals in ideas. Always. He is the, he is the epitome of an intellectual. Mm-hmm. He is a dealer in ideas. And so it, it's it's not just him on a broomstick and ghost and goblins. And, yeah, no, 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 no. This isn't Halloween stuff. He's dealing in ideas. He's trying to shape and mold the minds. And one of the ways in which he does it is if you'll notice many of these ideas, many of these theories and these narratives, they have the same characteristics of a surge. It's like if you look, if, if you look over 2020, when all of the things erupted from a socio-political perspective and from a racial perspective, it was like a wave over the entire nation, and it was pushing everything that wasn't anchored in its direction. Yes. Whether you were a church, that didn't matter. A pastor, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what you. It didn't matter what you professed to be. Everything in the wake of that surge pushed it in its direction, mm-hmm. and before you know it, people were at odds with one another. They were in anger and division and hatred, and there were cities burned and things just went chaotic. But it's because of the power of the surge. It's the tossing of the surge of a narrative, the surge of the spirit of the times, the 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 zeitgeist, if you would. That's that's the actual term for it: the mood, the overall mood of our age and our time. And so, when we understand this we can see that why John says to them in the close of this letter, my little children, 
keep yourself from idols. Guard against these fallacies. Guard against these false concepts and notions, these figments of your mind and these fantasies that come that will work like a surge to push you away from that that is true. And it reminds me of, you know, we were watching uh, Jeannie Wilkerson. We took like a week and we were both watching oh, different yeah. videos. But, you know, how, how she talks about how the spirit of God does not repel. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and that's how we can always judge whether or not something is of God or is, is of the devil, because those things come as a surge, yes, but, it, but it comes to bring a divide and, a, and not just a, not a divide that's just, well, I just don't agree. It's a divide of compulsory. You should get in line. And if you don't get in line, then you then need Absolutely. to wear the scarlet letter because you're not conforming. And mm-hmm. this is, this is, this movement is real. Well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because the spirit is never, the spirit of God is never going to be compulsory in its never. want for you to come into agreement and alignment w- with what it has to say. Yeah. But the devil is very much about, Oh, he's compulsion. You better from get in that line and say exactly what I want you to say. <laughs> it's compulsion from start to finish with him. And that's one of the ways people can know when something is satanic is Absolutely. because it's very compulsive. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard people even, uh, you know, because being spirit-filled believers, <laughs> I've heard people say, you know, I believe in the Holy Ghost that makes you speak in tongues. Well, I don't. I don't. Uh, that's not I what I see in my Bible. Yeah. I, 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 that's not at all what I see. Be the careful character. about that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's absolutely. Else. That's 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 another spirit. That's another, <laughs> that's another spirit. ghost. That ain't the Holy Ghost. And so it, it's it's one of those things where we don't understand sometimes the inner workings of the of the Word of God, the will of God, and the way God operates. And we, when we don't know God, Satan can always give us a counterfeit that gets past our discernment. You know, and in this particular age we're in, there are so many winds, and I love that phrase in Ephesians 4, winds of doctrine, winds of teaching, because that's what they are. They're like gusts that come through and they sweep across the country and they sweep across the church or they sweep across uh, our our sociopolitical landscape and they, they start moving people in all kinds of different directions instead of people realizing you already have what is true. But what's left in its wake, though? You see broken broken families, broken homes, broken churches, broken communities. I mean, things are just, they're lit on fire. They're put out, and then they're lit on fire again. It's, It's just... We have to know and trust that the fruit that God, that he tells us, we know people, we know things by the fruit that it mm. bears, not, not simply by the idea that it, that it seems to, you know, want to convey ideas are great, but, but they, they have to be put into practice. And once you put that idea in practice, does it work? What kind of fruit is born from that idea? What fruit is born? Because that's what Jesus said. He said, you're going to know them by their fruit. You know, you don't you don't have to <laughs> you don't have you to don't sit have back to. and wonder about it. You don't have to. You look at the the fallout, yes. and uh, and we have to continue to, as believers, grow and encourage the believer to recognize you have what is true. If you know Jesus as Lord, if you understand the kingdom of God, if you understand the gospel, if you've come to the realization of who he is and who you are in him. You you haven't arrived in the sense that, okay, you can just fold up shop and go home. No, you you have to continue to grow and learn and grow up into him in all things. 
But as far as needing to find something else because what you know when you found him is obsolete, mm. no, you're done. He's it. He's, it. He's the end. He's the end of the search. Yeah. He's the end of the, the longing. He's the end of the, 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 the journey, <laughs> okay? He's it. Now the rest of your journey is finding out more about him, mm-hmm. finding out more of who you are in him. But you've arrived. There's no reason for you to be looking for anything else. But that's what the devil tries to convince us uh, about to do. But I wanted to read this real quick. And this is a little bit further up in in chapter 5 of 1 John. This is verse 10. He who believes in the Son of God, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him, has the testimony, possesses this divine attestation within himself. He who does not believe God in this way has made him out to be and represented him as a liar, because he's not believed and put his faith in, adhered to, and relied on the evidence, the testimony that God has borne regarding his son. And this is that testimony, that evidence. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who possesses the son has that life. He who does not possess the son of God does not have that life. I write this to you who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the name of the son of God, in the peculiar services and blessings conferred by him on men, so that you may know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life. Yes, eternal life. Mm. <laughs> you already got it. You already got it. Yes, and- I <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. You got everlasting life. And it's the apostle here who is trying to write to them but it's so relevant in writing to us mm-hmm. who are alive and are believers today that the great move of God needed in our times is a rekindling of that confidence yes. in yes. the Christian of who they are and what they have in him, mm-hmm. that he is enough. And, that, and, and isn't that the sinister plot? that the devil is trying to convince the church Jesus is not enough. He's enough. It's not enough. You got to go out there. You got to do you social gotta do this, something social else. that. You got to be you, this, you, that, you or got, the other. Yeah, and, we, and, we, and we're chasing we all of these other foreign ideas, and we're all over the place, and oh, we yeah. don't even, we're all over the place and nowhere at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just truthful and honest. And so my encouragement to everyone listening to this podcast, my encouragement as a pastor as a ministry gift to the church, my encouragement as just a fellow believer and a child of God to all my brothers and sisters in the faith, he is more than enough. More than enough. You don't need another narrative. You don't need another idol. You don't need another thing to search after, look for. He is enough. If you're still feeling like he isn't enough, it's because you don't know enough about him that is enough. Say that. Because he is enough. And if we and if and if we don't get a little backbone about ourselves and begin to stand for the enough that he is, we're going to sit back and we're going to let a culture rot right in front of our eyes. And we don't have to do so because we're the church. We're supposed to occupy till he comes. We're supposed to use this place and space of grace and authority that we have in him to fight for the souls of men and to stand our ground on the eternal truth of who he is. And, um, and that's what I've, I've decided to do, and I know we've decided to do, but I want to encourage everyone listening to me 
that you should do that also. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that I, I think that's part of our, the, the, the issue of our times, right? Is that we have, we've sort of backed up off of being able to speak of Jesus as an absolute source and solution for everything. Absolute. absolute an is absolute, the operative word. absolute <laughs> solution for everything that's at, at play in the world. Everything that we think is, is wrong in the world. And rather than doing that, we feel like we have to give people more of this and a little bit of Jesus, more of that and a little bit of Bible, not too much Bible. Cause you give them too much Bible, then they get bored. Let's make sure that we come into services, we get the lights down, we get people going, we get lots of praise and worship, and then, you know, Pastor, you get about 15 minutes, and then you need to really wrap that up, and we got that <laughs> clock down there on the floor to make sure that you get, you know, that 15 minutes in, and then we're going, bang, you're off the stage, take up the offering, let people go, okay, we hope to see you at the coffee bar, uh, I mean, that's kind of the way we feel, yeah. you know, we feel like we're pressed to try to, in, you know, in, entertain people, and really, we're missing we have to be okay to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work. Mm. I give you the word. It's not my job mm. to worry about what happens with the deposit. My job <laughs> is to facilitate the word to of God, yeah. right? Being given to you. And after that, Holy Ghost, do the rest. Do the, and, you know, and isn't that the trick that, that he has, it's almost as though Satan has lured or allured the church into a competition for the attention of men. Yes. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Like he is he's he's allured us Absolutely. into this this little rat a tat for the attention spans of men. And so we've bought the thing, hook, line, and sinker, mm-hmm. that we're in some kind of way in competition with a defeated foe. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> he's defeated. But we only can execute the victory Christ has won over him by doing things Christ's way. Amen. You know, we don't Amen. we don't get to change it up. Amen. And we are. We're, we're, we're fighting and, and it's an entertainment battle. We're fighting. We're competing with the enemy on his terms. And that is the dangerous thing, because I don't think you can you can win a battle with him on his terms. You have to pull him onto your ground. You have to pull him onto the ground of God's word. And when it comes to ministry of the word of God, which if, if we're not careful, we as the church can become a major purveyor of idolatry mm. and a lot of idols and a lot of things that we worship. Oh, yeah. um, because at the end of the day, the word of God is preeminent because you cannot be anchored by anything else. By anything else. Uh, you can't be anchored by worship. You can't be anchored by programs. You won't be anchored by even the formation of community, which is all of those things are beautiful things. I have sure. no that I have no issues with those. Okay, everybody nowadays is so sensitive that if you if you make a small critique, people think you're you're absolutely just throwing away everything good about something and it's ridiculous. We can't even we can't even think anymore. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm sorry for thinking. <laughs> we we really can't. We can't even think anymore. But the truth of the matter is nothing anchors the soul of man but the word of God. The word of God, the very the very nature of God's word, which is spirit in his life, the home for his word was the heart of man. It was not to be so much put in a book. It was put in a book so that the man could get it. Mm-hmm. But it was not so much to be put in a book or on a, on a placard or on a wall. The target that the father is firing at when he sends his word is the heart of his creation, his man. Mm-hmm. 
and he wants to write his word with his flaming finger on the insides of our hearts. And, you know, and if we don't understand that and we try to substitute other things, as we talked about, things becoming potentially an idol in the place of that, then we get off track and we find ourselves in the situation that we're in now where we're really in a, a bit of an entertainment competition with Satan. <laughs> and we don't want to admit it, but we really are. And that's why we're spinning our wheels and spinning lots He's of money. He's got too many Instagram filters. <laughs> I can't keep up. <laughs> you know, and we're doing all these things. And we're doing all of these things, man. And we're trying to constantly compete with him. But I promise you, on his terms, you will not win. He will clean your house. He will clean your wallet. He will clean out your peace. He will clean out your joy. He will clean your cupboard completely empty. Yeah, careful, right? you'll be walking away from the faith yourself because you absolutely. And so many are because so of down. this very thing, and they don't understand. You can't beat the devil on his terms. You have to bring him onto the word of God, and you have to stand on that. And so, my little children, I echo the words of John to end this podcast, keep yourself from idols. Guard yourself from idols. Make sure that you hold on to the faith in him that is true. You know what you believe. You know who you have. You know who Jesus is. He is more than enough. And like I said, and if you find yourself saying, well, it's not enough for me. Well, it's it's not that he's not enough. It's that you don't know enough. (laughs) (laughs) So I love you. God bless you. Thank you guys for tuning in to uh, this particular podcast of Christ Nation's Church. Please make sure that you pay attention to the uh, following uh, outro. that gives you more information about how to connect with us uh, and how we can get get a chance to connect with you as well. And if this podcast was a blessing to you, please do not hesitate to subscribe as well as share this uh, with someone else that you believe could be encouraged by the word of God. God bless you. And we'll see you next time on One Word. And remember, one word from God can transform your life forever. There you go. That's how you end it. Okay. (laughs) God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for joining the podcast. If you were blessed and encouraged by what you heard, we invite you to share this message and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Be sure to visit ChristNations.com for all the latest messages and happenings with our ministry and engage with us on all our social media platforms on Facebook at CNCTXK and on YouTube at Christ Nations Church. We look forward to connecting with you. And remember, one word from God can change your life forever. <laughs>